Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning, rainy Saturday morning on 94 WIP. I'm Glenn Mack, now joined by Mike Sealski. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing wonderful, Glenn. How are you? Nice. Doing nice. Doing nice. Big weekend for sports here. Uh, by the way, we we expect to be on uh, until 1230, at which point we hand it off to Phillies baseball. Phillies against the Nats, the first part of a day-night doubleheader. Kind of iffy right now. I, I think... If he is a kind way to describe the weather situation in this country right now. Yeah, yeah and we'll see what happens in Washington. You know what they should have done? Tell um, me. Did you, you watch the game yesterday? Yes. They had 26 people in the seats. It, it was. I've seen more people at Little League baseball games than were at that Phillies Nationals game yesterday. You know how uh, in the NFL when the weather threatens a uh, situation, they'll just move it to a different stadium? Yeah, they should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere, I don't know where. Some someplace where the skies are clear. Yeah. Any anywhere. Throw it in a you know, a gymnasium for all we care. <laughs> just but get the, the game in. The big story this weekend, of course, is Eagles Jags tomorrow, the return of Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And um you and I had an interesting talk yesterday. I want to start with that because you described this as a quote telltale game. Um explain what that means and why. So, to me, more than any other game the Eagles have played so far, this is going to give you a really good indication of how far they've come from last season. And here's why. We've discussed endlessly the fact that they performed poorly against really good quarterbacks last season, that they couldn't stop Tom Brady or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. So, so far this season, this is the matchup that, comes as close to what they were dealing with and couldn't handle last year Mm -hmm. Uh, in Doug Peterson, a head coach who knows how to coach offense, who is smart, who can scheme stuff up, and Trevor Lawrence, who I feel like is reminding people this season why he was the number one overall pick. It's like people forgot that this guy was supposed to be the number one prospect since Andrew Luck, since yeah, Peyton Manning, sure. your favorite quarterback. Well, last year it was the most disastrous situation you could imagine going in with Urban Meyer, who well, may go yes. down as the worst coach in the history of pro football, and yes. they were 3-14 and 14 last year. And then he, Right, his rookie season was a disaster. I hear you. Doug comes in and kind of gets him back on track. He's looked very good yeah. through those three games. They had an impressive win against the Chargers last week. Chargers had a lot of injuries, but nonetheless. Okay. Yeah, I... I I think it's going to be a really good test. That's even more than as much as we kind of look forward to the Vikings game and Monday Night Football and Kirk Cousins and all of that. And uh, even as impressive as they were last year in beating Carson Wentz, last week, excuse me, in beating Carson Wentz, 
uh, and Washington, this to me, they win convincingly Sunday, and okay, we can we can really talk about how good they can be. All right, I'll give you a uh, I'll give you another arrow for your quiver, and then I'll disagree with part of it. The okay. other part of it that I think will be interesting tomorrow is Mike Caldwell is their defensive coordinator now. Mike Caldwell was with Tampa Bay last year when they beat the Eagles twice. Mike Caldwell has done very well against the Eagles' offense, so. Uh, the Jaguars are a team that is top 10 in the NFL in both offense and defense right now. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. The season is young. I don't think we really know who teams are yet. And it may include the Eagles a little bit, but with Jacksonville, a young team. And here's the thing where I think the Eagles will um, have an easier time of it. Ebb and flow. Jacksonville coming off a big, big win mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Little full themselves. Had to fly across the country to play out in L.A., fly back. I don't know what the weather was down there with the hurricane, but I imagine it was rough in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And then they have to fly here and play. I, you know, I mean... Circumstances are not in their favor. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a rough spot. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. I just, looking at it on paper, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is showing everybody who he really is okay. as a quarterback. Yeah, and, a young quarterback, though. You know, yeah, still, yeah. Still, still susceptible. Come on, Rich, uh, Rich Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, he's all over this. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're the world's biggest Jonathan yeah. Gannon fan. I am not, but we all have to be impressed with what uh, they did last week against Washington, what they did against Minnesota, and you know the last two games, that defense has been exactly it's, what you want it to be. It, exactly, especially in that first half last week. I mean, that was exactly what you would have thought would happen in harassing Wentz and forcing two fumbles and sacking him however many times they sacked him in the first half on the way to nine in the game. It was uh, it was exactly what you and Jonathan Gannon himself would want to see from that defense. 215-592-9494. By the way, best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Shy Vintage Sports. Where there's a story in every stitch, visit them in their Setter City location or shibesports.com. All right, Mike, now i got a question for you. Um, the Eagles are so much better than they were last year, so much better, I think, than we really expected them to be. Again, we're through three games, and, you know, we're, the old axiom is that you look at the NFL season kind of four games at a time. I don't know where we mm-hmm. work in the 17th game at this point, but... 4.25 four, four, yeah, or Yeah, four whatever. games in the first quarter of the, of the next game, but... Yeah. But I, I kind of believe that. So as as excited as I am, I still want to see more. But, but Mike, oh God, I used to do this to Ray. I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next thirty seconds. I haven't had the opportunity to do this. Let, for a let while. me get my uh, yellow eagle pad and my khaki pants ready. Oh, I have a great race story. I'm gonna I'm gonna digress and tell you a great race story. Okay. So Ray's over in uh, Great Britain. Ray and his yeah. wife are visiting uh, Big England, Ben, Scott Wales, yeah, all, <laughs> all that stuff, right? Look, kids, Big Ben and. When he comes back, he has uh, he's going to be given a speech. He's got some whatever. And he decided on the long flight, he wanted to write his thoughts out, you know, in his beautiful handwriting. Mm-hmm. And he realized that he packed his yellow legal pads in his suitcase and did not have access to it. <gighs> so I have a, I should post a photo. I have a photo of Ray Dinger's. I, I want to guess. Can I guess? Mm hmm. Because you have not told me the story yet. He didn't write the remarks on like the back of the doggy bag, did he? They don't give you doggy bags on a plane, but what do they give you? <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. Air what sickness. Bag. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. That's what you were thinking. Yes. 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 So doggy he, bag's a nice way to play. He wrote his he speech on speech. the vomit bag? I, yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> 
Yes. I'll, I'll tweet out the picture of it. Oh, later. my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, Mike Stielski. Yes. We agree the Eagles are way ahead of where we thought they would be so far. Mm-hmm. This is a better team than we were expecting. Mike, there is one. And only one correct answer <laughs> to the reason why the Eagles are so much better than we anticipated they'd be. Mike, can you tell me the correct answer? All right. So I would, I, I wrote this at the beginning of the season that the offensive line, first and foremost, is the reason to think they're going to be good. But the offensive line was terrific last season and yeah, they we, were a nine and 18. We knew that. So to me, this is me just guessing the way you're thinking, I would argue. The addition of A.J. Brown and the wide receivers. Mike, you are absolutely correct. Oh, look You at me. got it. Look uh, at me. I read a piece in, of all places, your old paper, the Wall Street Journal, ah. this week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and thanks uh, to David K. for sending it to me, the guy who emailed it to me, and that bastion of sports coverage. <laughs> and it basically, it, talked to, it was comparing the Eagles and the Dolphins. This mm-hmm. is before Thursday night when Tua got knocked out. But the Dolphins similarly have been a better team, and it's because they have this explosive passing game all of a sudden. And like the Eagles, they invested heavily in bringing in a new wide receiver. For the Eagles, of course, it's A.J. Brown, and the passing game went from being a liability to a strength. Hertz is averaging 9.4 yeah. yards a throw. Yes. An attempt. The receivers are averaging 14.9 yards per reception. They were the most run-heavy offense in the league last year. They made a very – and this is – you know, listen, this is Howie. Mm-hmm. They made this conscious decision, we're going to trade our first-round pick – to get A.J. Brown, this is after they spent their first-round pick last year on Devontae Smith. They're throwing all their chips into wide receiver, and they're un- it's the unstoppable A.J. Brown. It's, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's such a departure from the way they used to think, right? Like how he grew up as a player personnel guy at Andy Reid's knee and Joe Banner's knee. And what were they – what was their philosophy? If I may say it. Eh, wide receivers are irrelevant. Exactly, exactly. We can have James Thrash and Todd Pinkston and Charles Johnson and oh. Torrance Small because what matters is the quarterback You're and the offensive the shakes line. Give me the shake here, Mike. Yes, yeah, sorry. Take, we go in the way back machine for those names. Um, but the reverse is true now. I mean, the sport has changed. The offense has opened up because of rule changes and things like that. And this is true around the league. You see teams more and more spending either high draft picks or a lot of money under the salary cap to go get game-breaking wide receivers. And they're, the Eagles are following suit, and it's working. All right. Dolphins uh, go out and get Tyreek Hill after they have Jalen Waddle draft first last year. Mm-hmm. Eagles kind of do a very similar thing. These two teams are two very good teams this year. I don't really want to focus on the Dolphins too much, but A.J. Brown uh, had 224 yards in the first two weeks, added 85 last week. Devontae Smith. Eight catches, 169 yards. You can't stop them. And no, then, then you no. had Quez Watkins, and you had Dallas Goddard, and you can't cover them. And they're throwing to Zach Paschal on third down. Right, Zach Paschal, right. <laughs> you know, pretty and, good. And to me, Devontae is the the interesting factor in that. Uh, and you saw it last week against Washington where an opposing defense has to, absolutely has to, put its second-best cornerback on Devontae Smith. And that makes all the difference mm-hmm. in the world. It yep. really does. Uh, and I think it's, it's it's something we really can look forward to. And it has taken the position of quarterback from something that was very iffy before the season. I don't know if Hurts can do it. And put him in the position where 
he can succeed. Yeah, it's interesting. I was uh, uh, spending time with friends last night and we were discussing this over a few drinks and food and things like that. And it became that chicken or egg debate question, you know, is it Hertz or is it the pieces around him? Uh, and what we're seeing, I think, is that under certain conditions, Jalen Hurts can be an incredibly productive quarterback in this league. Going forward, I think the question is, can the Eagles continue to create these kind of ideal conditions around them? That's an open question because they're eventually, and it's becoming clearer and clearer, they're going to have to pay him yeah, to next, keep yeah. him here. Well, we will get into that certainly as the season progresses. Let me sneak in a call here, and then I want to talk about the return of Doug Peterson. Chris in Clinton, New Jersey, what's on your mind, Chris? Hey, guys. How are you doing? All right. Hey, Chris. Uh, so, uh, one quick aside to start. Glenn, I was really excited to do the last man standing pool this year. I always forget week one. And, of course, I got knocked out right away because the, <laughs> the Niners couldn't take care of the Bears. Yeah, that one took out a lot of people. That's good. I'm not involved in it anymore, but I'm glad you're they're still doing it and that you, uh, well, you're in for a week. Anyway, yeah. what yeah. are you thinking well, about so- today? I mean, um, I was I wanted to talk about the run defense against the Jags, but just to, to um, continue talking about the wide receivers, they're two different types of elite receivers. You know, A.J. Brown looks like Leonard Weaver out there when he's trying to get tackled by defensive backs, carrying them <laughs> as an excellent There's protection a, receiver. Talk about a throwback reference. I, I thought Torrance Small was, was a great pull, and, and Chris is coming out with Leonard Weaver. That's awesome. Oh, so, I mean, I, I wish Leonard Weaver was la- around for longer. He got injured quickly. Yeah. He's the last fullback we had, you know? I love a f- good fullback. Love a good well, fullback. Well, anyway, and Devontae Smith, I mean, I, I don't care that he, got his, he didn't get his, um, his foot down. That catch along the sidelines was one of the best things I've seen by an Eagles receiver in years, you know? So mm-hmm. they're, they're two different types of elite on the outside, and it is, it is the reason that this offense looks different. But... For tomorrow, I'm a little bit concerned about the run defense against um, James Robinson as kind of a bigger back and then um, Etienne as uh, a receiving back out of the backfield. Um, I know that they didn't have great run defense against uh, the Lions week one, and then last week I thought Antonio Gibson had a few good runs, and then Carson Wentz would just ruin Mm -hmm. the drive right after that. So I wanted to get your thoughts there. Yeah, look, I think Doug Peterson is still Doug Peterson. And when push comes to shove, he's going to want to throw the ball. And while Robinson and Etienne, as you said, are really good backs and, and are product, have been productive so far through the first three games, uh, I think Doug is Doug. And he's going to put the ball in the hands of Trevor Lawrence. And that's what this game is going to come down to. be interesting to see how the weather affects that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and a lot of a lot of coaches, it's like, I don't care if it's rain and 30-mile-an-hour gales, we're still throwing it. But... Sometimes that, uh, that that does push it toward the run. Speaking of Doug, he comes back next year, next year, tomorrow. I don't know why I said next year. He comes back tomorrow. That would be breaking news. Yeah, no, he comes back tomorrow, and um, he got hired to bring a horrible team to respectability. They have double-digit losses in 10 of their last 11 seasons. That's amazing. They've been awful. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week, what kind of reception he's going to get. Mike Florio, a pro football talk yeah. right okay who i've generally respected said they're gonna boo him no no but nobody's no. gonna boo him. no there's absolutely no chance that he gets booed he's gonna get a standing ovation and he will deserve it because he is the only super bowl wing coach in this franchise's history uh he was publicly at least and privately often a very 
amiable, good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people liked him. He ran the Philly special. I mean, let's let's be honest here. This is Doug Peterson is one of the all time heroes in Philadelphia sports, and I think people are going to treat him accordingly tomorrow. I think so too. And you talked about his relationship with the fans was great. His relationship was relationship with the players was great. Travis Kelsey was on with the morning show. Jason. Jason. Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I don't know what I'm doing today. Jason Kelsey was on with the morning show uh, earlier this week and talked about how Doug listened to Foles, how Doug was flexible, how this is the essence of Doug Peterson. Let's play that. Doug was awesome, man. Um, The biggest thing that I really loved about Doug was he really empowered his players. I don't know many coaches on fourth down in the Super Bowl. But Nick Foles comes up to him and asks him to run a trick play. You're like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, that was kind of who he was. And that was one of his biggest strengths. And I, I really appreciate Doug for being uh, that guy when he was here. And you see it already happening in Jacksonville. I think that's great. And I think it's so accurate. I, I do, too. And the other aspect of Doug that makes him lovable, I guess you'd say, to Philadelphia fans is that there's an underdog quality to him, right? He had never been a head coach before. Mm-hmm. He was replacing Chip Kelly, who was supposed to be this genius. And, oh, Doug is only coming in because he's someone who Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman can control. And in this one season, he unfurls a coaching performance that is as good or better than any in this town's sports history. It just is. The reason they win that Super Bowl, to me, has always been the way Doug coached that team the entire season. They were ready for that moment mm-hmm. because of how daring they had been. Fearless. You know, throughout the entire year. Fearless. And, you know, I remember when he's going to, it's fourth and one at the end of the first half. And uh, I'm not going to put this on Merrill because I think we were all kind of this way. Like, I don't know, you know, it's mm-hmm. a good time to go for that field goal, going to the locker room with those points. And most coaches, I think, against Belichick mm-hmm. are going to get too conservative. And Doug, hey, big balls, man. Yeah, that, but that, that's it, Glenn. That's the way an opposing team, when you're facing the Patriots in a Super Bowl, that's the way you have to play, and that's the way you have to coach. And the Eagles were ready for that moment because they had played and coached that way the entirety of that season. I think that's a great point, and I think the other, the other part of it is kind of what Kelsey was referring to, which is as, as ballsy as he was— Doug also had humility mm-hmm. in that he would listen to the other coaches. Yep. He would listen to his players. He was open to Nick Foles saying, hey, this crazy play that we've been doing in practice, mm-hmm. let's run this in the Super Bowl. Um, most NFL coaches, Mike, I'm going to break news to you here. You probably don't know this. Most NFL coaches don't have a lot of humility. <laughs> don't know if you've ever dealt with any of them before uh, in your life. I don't know what you're Tried talking about, Tried to ask a question Len. in a yeah. news conference and gotten that look <laughs> that we've all gotten in news conferences. The Jim Mora, you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Most of those guys, and great, you know, the, the, from the great ones like Belichick and mm-hmm. Parcells and so on, to the ones who aren't great, like Kotite. Yeah. They, yeah. they have a general haughtiness um, toward everyone. And I'm not really just talking about the media, although the media is in there. Mm -hmm. Doug had humility. Doug was a guy. Which, by the way, I think Nick's the same way. Yeah, I do too. And And it serves him well. It does. Especially in the modern athlete and the modern state of sports nowadays. I think it's harder and harder for 
any coach in any pro sport to be the taskmaster that we like to think or some of us like to think a coach has to be you see a team that isn't disciplined and you say to yourself oh well the is the coach being tough enough on his team is he demanding more of his team you know nowadays with money that these players make with their backgrounds immersing themselves in the sport from the time they're little kids being that kind of hardcore coach doesn't necessarily resonate anymore you've got to have credibility and the way you build credibility often with the modern athlete nowadays is by saying yeah i feel where you're coming from mm-hmm. you know i understand what you're going through and here's how we can work together to make this work for the entire team and just being a human being yeah nfl coaches have odd lives they live in their office they don't i mean you know we've we've all talked to them from vermeil i remember I once did a profile on joe gibbs when mm-hmm. he was coach in washington and joe gibbs used to basically have his PR guy or whatever, drive to his house each week and get a cassette tape of his wife telling him what he was missing in the <laughs> house and play it on the car as he was driving around practice. And that was how we kept in touch with his family. Yeah, yeah the, old, mean, the, the old story that Vermeil would always tell about the fireworks going yes. off in 1976 during the bicentennial. <laughs> what well, is this about? Yeah, tell him to turn it off. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> Dick, it's the 200th birthday of the country. Right. <laughs> Doug's a guy. Doug's yeah. a regular guy, and I appreciate him for that. One last thing about Doug. We'll take the first break. 215-592-9494. Best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Scheib Gift Sports, um, or Scheib Vintage Sports. Doug was asked this week, I think I think your um, colleague Jeff McClain asked him, what does he think of the statue of him and Foles at the stadium? Mm-hmm. And he said, never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You buying that? Yeah. <sighs> I buy. There I was buy a statue the, of Mike Sealski somewhere. Don't you think you'd like stop by and take like? I would steal it and put it in the foyer of my house. <laughs> um, no, I, do I think he's never seen it? I'm sure he has seen it. Whether he's actually been to the statue and been a foot away from it and marveled at it up close, yeah, that, I don't maybe mean not. a photograph. I'm sure he saw a photograph as they were putting it up, but. There's a statue of him at the stadium. Yeah. He was there. He was coaching the team when that statue went up. Never walked by and said, eh, they made my nose a little He big. may be fudging the truth a little That's... bit. But the fact that he, let me put it this way, Glenn, the fact that he would say, I've never seen it, tells you a little something about him. Even yeah. Even if he has. Yeah, it does. All right. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now. Phillies, Washington, coming up at 1 o'clock today. We will keep you kind of apprised as to whether that game's going on. Oh, coming up, my least favorite part of the show. <laughs> my favorite part of the show. Yeah, what are we doing? Could it be uh, reviewing the status of our stupid football bet? Indeed it is. WIP Sports Time is 1022. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Glenn Mack now. Mike, let us go back to one week ago today. Eagles against the Washingtons. Four minutes into the second quarter. Eagles already up 10 to nothing. Feeling good about it. Tress Way lines up to punt. Way takes the snap. The left footer gets it away. Tuffy backs up. Now he comes forward. And he muffs it. Now picks it up. And they bury him inside the five. The ball seemed to tail off at the end. And he muffed it, but he saved it. He went back and picked it up. All right, all right we don't need that. You know what tail you know what's tailing off? <laughs> you and this stupid football. Yes! Bat. My opportunity to win dinner from you. For those who don't know, Mike Sielski and I made our stupid football bet in honor of Ray Dinger and my stupid football bets over the last twenty years. And I, listen, I set the term, so I cannot yeah. complain about what's going on here. Can you, do you have it like you can say it quickly off the top of your head? Because there's a lot of components. Yeah, there's a lot of components to it. Basically, it comes down to this. Anytime the Eagles do something poorly in the return game, yeah, it's good for me. Yeah. And anytime they do yeah. something good, it's good for you. Yeah, that was a good summation. And in fact, you're up five to one. Yeah. It's, Every three weeks, you're up five to one. This is a Harlem Globetrotters, Washington Generals kind of situation here, I feel like. <laughs> oh, this may be that Little League game that gets called in the third inning. Although, yeah. I will say that Michael Clay, the Eagles special teams coordinator, wants to keep you in the game here. Oh, he does, does he? Because... Look at what happened last week. All right. Well, let's get to that in a second. Sure. Let, let's get to that in a second. Uh, by the way, the bet is dinner for you and me and a couple of our producers. Yep. Basically, it's going to be the producers who work our show the most between now and then. So Kyle Quinn, incentive for you. There you go. 
Um, but I'll tell you what, Mike. Okay. If you want to call the bet right now, mm-hmm. right now, I'll take you to dinner at the fast food place of your choice right now. <laughs> uh, Cut my no, losses. No, I, I want to, uh, what would be the classy way to put this? Rub your nose in it. <laughs> yeah, well. So, no, we are going to go all 17 weeks with this. All right, Dylan Covey is horrible. Britain. Britain Covey. Britain Covey. Dylan Covey, Britain Covey, whatever his name is. Boy, that's, I've done that three times already today. That's okay. Didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Excuse no, me. No worries, Steve. Britain Covey <laughs> is horrible so far. Just looks terrible and, and is running into tackles, getting killed. He is doing, he's handling, <clears throat> excuse me, the majority reps at punt return. Um, but, yes, you, you kind of teased it. So, last week, Eagles... Uh, uh, special teams coordinator decided, like, eh, maybe we'll try something else. Yeah, and what he's trying is Devontae Smith as a punt returner, which to me speaks to how much of a concern this is becoming for them, that you would take one of your two best wide receivers, one of your best playmakers, most dynamic players, and put him back there as a punt returner. Uh, because there is some risk there, right? He could sure. he could get hit, he could get hurt. It increases the likelihood that something not so great happens. Uh, he didn't have a lot of experience with it, at least in the NFL in yeah. his brief you career. You try not to have your Pro Bowl players back there, particularly if they weigh about 165 exactly. pounds. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, but it does speak to them looking at this and saying, this is something we got to fix. And it is something that they have to fix because as great as the offense has been so far, we talked about how unstoppable the passing game is, and I believe in the running game. I know mm-hmm. they had a bad game against Washington, but the running game's great. Offensive line is great. Defense has been a revelation the last yep. couple of weeks. Um, the, the secondary is incredible. Slay and Bradbury are number one and number two right now mm-hmm. in uh, quarterback rating against. Yes. In the league. Yeah. Of all cornerbacks. Special teams is awful. They had the, the uh, field goal block the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice work by Aaron Sippas making the tackle. Yeah. And he hasn't hurt you yet, but we saw him last year. I don't have faith in the punter. No, no, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is the weakness of this team, yes. The Eagles are averaging. This is kickoff returns. The Eagles' opponents are averaging 24 yards a return, which is a lot these days. The Eagles are averaging... 10.2 yards of kickoff return. Yeah. And some now in fairness, I'm not saying their special teams have been good. In fairness, some of that is kind of these not squib kicks, whatever you call them, like Pop mortar, yeah, mortar kicks that they're that yeah, the well, Vikings are using against them, but you got to be ready but it for works. those. Yeah, you got to be ready for it, those. You know, and and other teams see that that works until you can mm-hmm. prove that you get past that. This is the thing that worries me about the Eagles. The and it's not keeping me up at night, but it is something special teams was bad last year. It was bad. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Not good this year. No, and and it's made worse for the fact that Eagles fans know this. Over time, the Eagles have generally had really good special teams. You're talking about Dave Phipp. You're talking about John Harbaugh back in the day. It was always you're not a strength. Danny Smith in there, right? No, I'm not. Okay. Big water gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, but it, it was always a strength. It was a place in the past. You mentioned that made, Harbaugh. I didn't. Hear. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Harbaugh. Yeah, it yeah. made a difference mm-hmm. for this team, and you had guys like Brian Mitchell and Darren Sproles and sure dynamic players who made a difference on on that little side of the ball and. You're seeing the difference now when it's not good. Other than Jake Elliott, the special teams yeah. has been very subpar so far last year and this year. Can't have it. 
this is and this I'm t- going to lose the bet. Which well, is the more important part? Well, that's, Super Bowl be damned. That's on you. You want to be buying you dinner? <laughs> this is this to me is the most Philadelphia football conversation we could possibly have. The Eagles are the last unbeaten I team know, in the NFL, I know, I know. and we're spending seven minutes going over their special teams. Uh, could, uh, two reasons: one, it could bite you in the butt down the road. True. Two, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to take out my wallet. Your butt is already bitten. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? All right, John in Maniac is with us. John, what's your thoughts? Glenn, still looking forward to trying that Merrill and Mike beer at Conchalk and Brewing Company. Hope there's still some left. It is out there. We're going to have it out through the entire football season. Proceeds go to charity. First tee of Greater Philadelphia. And Mike Sealski will give you an unpressured endorsement right now. I endorse all of Conchalk and Brewing Company's <laughs> products. Uh, big fan of their Pilsner, the Ring the Bell Pilsner, and the Merrill and Mike beer is excellent. Oh, okay. Thank Great. you. I like the old Type A IPA, the classic, but yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. But uh, on the uh, so Glenn, you doing the pregame show tomorrow? We are. And by the way, the uh, Eagles alumni guest tomorrow at the tent at noon, Chris Long. Good guest. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, there's one thing I'm looking forward to see. I know you're not going to be on the field, but pregame, I was hoping they would do something for Doug, like some kind of montage on the jumbotron. So here, here's but, what uh, I expect, because okay. I don't think you do it pregame. Um, I think. I'm trying to remember what they did for Andy, and I don't remember, or yeah. what they did when Dawkins came back. That was a little different because there was bad blood there. Mm-hmm. But to me, first time out, as you go to commercial or during the commercial, you put up Doug on the scoreboard, you show the Philly special or some other things, you know, Doug on the sidelines with the Eagles, thank you, Doug, standing ovation, mm-hmm. and get it out of the way before it comes back from commercial. That Does that make sense to you guys? Absolutely. I, th- I think that's exactly how it should happen. I think it probably will happen that way. I would mm-hmm. be surprised if they didn't do it exactly as you just described. Yeah, it. pregame is pregame is tough because people aren't in their seats yet, and and again, you yeah. don't want to do it while the game is going on, so you do it in that first commercial break. Yeah, I know, but I think there's like uh, I know what you guys are saying everyone here in Philly loves it, but I think there's some kind of bad blood between it because like uh, basically, I think when Doug left, he basically you know said take this job and shove it if you want me to make those changes. And you remember when Jeff Lurie, right after that season, he did like a post-season review, and he, he never mentioned Doug once. Yeah. So I don't know. There might be something there. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if that still lingered, John, only because mm-hmm. I don't think Doug looks at things that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's such a laid-back dude that I, I don't think he would be holding a grudge like that. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they've all come to terms with it. Yeah, I hope It's worked so, out but, for uh, everybody. Correct. Well, hopefully uh, Eagles win and Doug gets his tribute. Uh, I think so. Right? There's no way they don't give him a tribute. I can't imagine it. I can't. Im- He's the only coach in their history to have won a Super Bowl. You have to acknowledge him. You have to give him his props. I heard uh, debate uh, this week uh, on the Midday Show and John Ritchie, uh, and I think they had Jaws on too. Mm. You know, both former players said, no, you don't do anything. If the fans want to do something, that's fine. But he's your opponent. You don't recognize your opponent. And I thought, yeah, you do. Yeah, of course you do. I, I, what, what, how's it going to impact the game? It's not, the Jags are going to be there like, oh, hey, they're, they're giving a nice endorsement. Of Let's go out and get them. No, I, especially, not hurt you. especially because you have several significant players on the Eagles who played for Doug Peterson mm-hmm. for a long time. So, of course, you would acknowledge him. I, I I'm surprised that John and Jaws would feel that way. I I am as well. Uh, And so I posted on Twitter earlier this week. Of all, and I know Howard, uh, I think, talked about this kind of thing a little bit today. 
of all of the players who have come back, any sport, opposing mm-hmm. uniforms or coach, biggest applause reception. And I, and I got two, mm-hmm. and if you have another, please add it. To me, the two would be Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fans were really upset when he yes. left. The Eagles screwed that one up and later admitted they screwed that. Banner said, yeah, I screwed it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chase Utley. Yeah. Yeah. With I, the Dodgers. I, they, they, to me, are the two most beloved athletes of the last quarter century of Philadelphia mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. I think. And I'm not sure there's anybody else who's close. Um, but Kelsey's, I mean, Kelsey's not a former athlete, but right. he's, he's getting to that Yeah, point. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't think of another one. I don't think Andy Reid, when he came back in 2013, uh, brought that kind of love, you know, inspired right. that kind of love and reception from the fans because he had been there so long. He had never won a Super Bowl. They were just, he, they, the Chiefs came back and played at the link literally Andy's first season there. Yep. So yeah, they at were the still. the start of the season. Right. And there was this residual. They had just gone 4 and 12. He was finally, in some people's eyes, fired, all of that stuff. Yeah. And he got a good reception. Yeah. But not what we're talking about with the others. Same right. thing with Donovan. We came back with Washington. Everybody, oh, he's going to get booed. Donovan's going to He didn't get booed. He got cheered. Right. And anybody who thinks, oh, Doug Peterson's going to boot, are you out of your mind? Yeah. It, it's it's the one thing. Look, I, I often point out occasions when Philadelphia fans and Philadelphia sports culture um, – you know, isn't at its best. But I think one of the things that the national perspective and media kind of miss about Philadelphia is how sentimental the fans are and how loyal they are if you have done right by them and their teams. And anybody who's saying that Doug Peterson's going to get a bad reception tomorrow doesn't understand the culture here. They Exit question for you. Will the national broadcasters, as the that this great reception for Doug comes, or in any of the pregame shows... Tomorrow, the game's on Fox tomorrow, right? Yeah. Will it be mentioned at some point on Fox? Um, CBS, I think. Is it on CBS tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's the Jags are yeah. the AFC team. Right. Okay. Will it be mentioned on CBS from their pregames through Doug's introduction? You know, these people threw snowballs at Santa. <laughs> um, I don't know if they'll make the Santa Claus snowball reference, um, the laziest... Yep. Most ridiculous reference in, yeah, in yeah, all yeah. of Philadelphia sports. Probably your grandfather, Mike, because it was 1968. What do you mean? My grandfather threw snowballs at Santa? Well, I mean, it was 54 years ago. My point is not specifically okay. your grandfather. <laughs> my my point is that when people still make that reference. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. The people about. who did that are in their 70s and 80s yeah, now. Yeah, if that. Um, yeah, I think somebody will make a reference. I think there will be, because there are so many lazy Yeah. It'll happen. Commenters, so to speak, on those national shows. Somebody will say it. Yeah. 215-592-9494. We'll get your calls coming up, and we will celebrate a great, great moment in Philadelphia sports history. Hey, falls upon us. It's that time of year again to consider replacing your old drafty windows and doors because another cold winter season is rolling in. Man, I felt it this morning, actually. When I need a company to help me with these home projects, I turn to the great people at Guide a Door and Window. Act now. You receive 20% off all windows and doors. Plus, Guide will allow you to start your project today with no money out of pocket. Take up to three years to pay it off interest-free once that job is expertly installed. So here it is. You'll be able to start enjoying all the benefits of new, highly energy-efficient windows and doors, including an increased comfort level in your home, including lower monthly energy bills, and you take advantage of 20% savings, and you have the luxury of paying off your project 
with 0% interest for up to 36 months. Got to act now. Offers for a limited time only. Restrictions apply. For full details, call Guida today. Schedule a free, no-obligation in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Along with Mike Sielski, I'm Glenn Mack now. Rainy day in Philadelphia. No news out of Washington yet. I mean, as far as we know, they're going to try to get it in. We, you and I were looking at the weather report early. Kind of 50% chance of rain early afternoon. Then it gets worse. So they'll try to, as as uh, I think Scott Fransky likes to say, they'll try to get it in between the raindrops. Yeah. I think there's a, uh, as Kyle Quinn, our producer, said, there's a window of about two hours from one to three, then, and they're going to have to try to play the game yep. because rescheduling it is going to be a bear. All right, time for this week in Philadelphia sports history, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their new location in Wayne and Lancaster Avenues in downtown Wayne or at shybsports.com. Mike, and this week, the date was October 6th, this week in 2010 was the Best-pitched game I ever attended live. Wow. I'll put it to you that way. It was the opener of the National League Division Series postseason. Phillies at home against the Cincinnati Reds. Roy Halladay pitching, I believe, the, for his first postseason game of his life. Yep. After all those years in Toronto. Let's go right to the end. Just about a quarter to eight, October the 6th, 2010. The first postseason game for Roy Halladay. He winds the 0-2, swing and a dribbler out in front of the plate. Ruiz out to get it. The throw from his knees. It's in time, and it's a no-hitter. Unbelievable. Ruiz and Halliday embrace, and the Phillies again celebrate around Roy Halliday. All right, so much to unpack there. Let's first start. Let's start with the call, which is brilliant by Fransky. Fransky always meets those moments. Always, mm-hmm. it's it's just great. He sets up the time frame, which, by the way, I, I the great Vin Scully. Um, one of the best calls I ever heard is Vin Scully calling a Sandy Koufax mm-hmm. no hitter that I listened to when Vin Scully passed away recently, and he said, you know, just about a quarter after eight, October the yep. he's giving you the moment in history. It's brilliant. L.A. stays out of the way, but can't quite control his, his joy at the end, which it's, is great. I, it's, again, something I love about listening to L.A. You, you hear a call like that or the call of the Jimmy Rollins double in the 2009 League Championship Series, and you can hear L.A. celebrating in the background, yep. and it actually adds to the call. Absolutely, it does. Um, and that play by Ruiz was huge because he swings kind of the the – it was. Um, I'm trying to think of who the hitter was. I think it was Brandon Phillips. I, I think, think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Brandon Phillips, and it's kind of like a weird. The ball kind of goes up there, and he throws the bat, and Ruiz has got to go out. He's got to sort out the bat from the ball. He's on his knees. Phillips could run. Mm-hmm. He's got to get it down to first, and he does. Just a brilliant game, a brilliant moment. Yeah, and what stands out about that play in particular was, of course, it's the last play of the game, and if you go back and watch all 27 outs, it is by far the most difficult play that a Phillies fielder had to make that day. Yeah. The, you know, Halliday struck out 9 or 10, I forget. He was ahead of everybody. And the balls put in play were little jam shots and, and cans of corn. There was one, 
it might have been Jay Bruce hit that that uh, Worth Worth yes yes I almost said Wentz that Worth <laughs> had to make a tough catch right, in right, right field but that was it yeah he was so dominant that day I remember exactly where I was I was working in New York at the time as at the Wall Street Journal and I was covering uh, the division series between the Yankees and the Twins and I was in the press box at Target Field in Minneapolis uh. and the entire press box was gathered around televisions watching this you know it's so funny that's uh when i uh first of all i was in the press box here right behind home plate mm. i had like the best seat in the house uh but when halliday threw the uh no hitter against miami mm-hmm. the perfect game perfect game i was in chicago mm. because the flyers were playing the blackhawks in the stanley cup and all of a sudden in the press box, everybody there is like, you know, starting to watch this. So you you brought up what I think is one of the fun uh, trivia things, I guess you'd say, about that year, right? We, we talk all the time in Philadelphia about the lack of championships, right? The Phillies win in 2008. It's 25 years. It had been 25 years since Philadelphia had celebrated a championship. The Eagles win the Super Bowl in 2018 for the first time in their history. And if you look at 2010... You might say to yourself, well, gosh, the Phillies got to the finals and lost to the Blackhawks, and the Phillies were really good that, se- that season and lost to the Giants in the championship series. Oh, yeah, that hurt. But think about what you saw. A Phillies pitcher threw a no-hitter in a playoff game, Yep. and the Flyers came back from a 3-0 deficit in the second round yeah. to beat the Bruins. Yeah. Those are monumental events in you're right. sports you're right. and the Flyers not being cha- in the final that year was a little bit of a shocker it was it was um and you're and then the finals were disappointed the way the finals end with sticking yeah late and god i <laughs> still hate that guy yeah not <laughs> good never liked that guy they, they lost to a better team though they, they did. did they did they did they did um the phillies i thought were going to win it again that yeah. year the, the the loss to san francisco was very disappointing yes. but you're right sports was a blast it was it was and uh you know y- you can sometimes lament what you don't have and miss what you did get to experience, yeah. and those are pretty two two pretty cool things. Anyway, that ha- boy Halliday was so good. He was, yeah. Those we, two, don't, we only had him f- t- those two seasons, right. twenty ten and twenty eleven. Man, um, yep. And you think about that game he pitched in twenty eleven against the Cardinals, where he allows the first inning run in game five and shuts them down the rest of the way and oh. walks off the mound, the losing pitcher. Anyway, Raphael for Cal. <laughs> <laughs> First inning. Oh. I wish all of you listening could see the face that Glenn uh, just made. Is that, that hurt. And by the way, what would he go? 260, 270 innings a year? Yes. Right? Yeah. The last real Double horse. digit. He, his complete games per season are now, I heard this recently. Do me a favor. Look yeah. up how many complete games there have been in the major leagues this year. Okay. I will. Because it is possible that he had more in a season than like an entire league has these days. I w- I'm looking it up as right, we tell speak. Tell you what, I'll take a call while you look that up. Okay. It's our friend Mitchie Tools. Uh, let us get... Mitch, how you doing? Good, gentlemen. I, I got to keep calling you every week. They're winning every week, and I, and I love them tomorrow afternoon, too, the Eagles. Yeah, I feel good about it. I tell you guys, it was almost like an old-school game. Nine sacks we had. I mean, you know, we don't have to say anything bad about Rich Gannon anymore. My God. <laughs> it just... You know, it was, it was, I think Jonathan Gannon. Are you Gannon, talking about Jonathan Gannon? I mean, Jonathan Gannon. I, that's sorry, right. I Jonathan. did the same thing earlier. It's, an, it's yeah. a natural mistake to make. Delaware County guy. You know, I just, you know, wow, wow. I mean, you know, but question. I mean, I don't want Hurts to run. If we keep getting these W's, he's got to just cool down a little bit. I've got to keep him healthy. That's the only thing in the back of my mind I'm thinking about. 
you know. Boy, you do need something to worry about, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Always have to have something to worry about. With you. Yeah. Yeah, but, look, uh, I mean, Hertz running is such a weapon that yeah. it, you, you're not going to see him not run. You're just not. Yeah, and the way he does it, too, it's so effortless and like a butterfly, you know, just flying over these opponents and stuff like that, you know. It's well, uh, a happy new year, too. Yes, thank you, Mitch. Same to you. So Bye, I've, buddy. Be I, well. I've got the numbers here. Um, Halliday actually didn't throw more than, this sounds crazy, nine complete games in any one season. Is that right? He yeah. never reached double digit? No. And uh, so 2020, which was the shortened season because of the pandemic, each yeah. team playing 60 games, there were still 14 complete uh, games. So then my whole thing. Then this yeah. year, there's got to be more than that. Yeah, 20, but no, I mean, 20, you're uh, 35, you're, sorry, by my count. Yes. 35 this year. All right. How many do the Phillies have? Oh, do they Two? Have, three? Uh, Noah Syndergaard has one. I do know that, but that's a phony the, one. It was a shortened game. Yeah, because of the five five innings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Let me see here. Uh, I know Nola's it. got one. Yeah. no. Nick no. Pavetta's got one. <laughs> Is that are right? We, are we allowed yeah, to utter his talks. name anymore? Well. Oh, not, no. He's got one for the for the Red Sox? Right. Yeah. yeah. Man, I've been watching him. So here you go. The, Philly, recently. the Phillies have two complete games all season, both by Aaron Nola. Yeah. And then okay. the one by Syndergaard, which is fake. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So, yeah, it's it, look to me. Nonetheless, I miss ha- Halliday. I miss Halliday, and I miss, I miss that a- element of the sport. That is that is something that baseball is missing. And I believe in the next segment, we may be talking about that. Sounds good to me. That's a pretty good tease because we're going to be doing what we're watching, and some of that relates to it. 215 592 9494. Check in with Mike Sealski and Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes. I get it. I can tell you Meridian Bank customers do not feel that way. Yeah, sure. Meridian business bankers, they do the loan thing. They offer guidance on making your business more successful. But Meridian also puts on great customer events. I've been to them, both educational and social. And they're a super group of people to be around. You want to put some fun in your business banking? Get started at meridianbanker.com. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.